This podcast is brought to you by DiStefano Hair Restoration. For the month of February, Dr. Highness is rolling back prices to pre-COVID fees. Save $1,500 this month when you mention Howie. Go to hairman.com. That's hairman.com. Strap yourself in. It's time for the Howie Carr Show. Three young men and a teen facing a Cook County judge this afternoon. Four suspects are accused of assaulting and robbing a person on a CTA train set. But in court today, new details emerging. The suspects described as Venezuelan migrants. I am shocked. I mean, I am shocked. Live from the Matthews Brothers Studios. New York was already a loser state. I will call them from now on. Losers was already on the top of the list of being a loser state. I would never invest in New York now, and I'm not the only person saying that. And we'll have more of them. Well, I hope that she's dropping out the race, to be honest with you. Here's what we know. She can't win her own home state. And if you can't win your home state, there's no other place to win. South Carolina will vote on Saturday. Still here? But on Sunday. It's over. I'll still be running for president. I'm not going anywhere. Go home. Rump swabs, hacks, and moon bats beware. It's Howie Carr. 844-500-4242. We, uh, we've got so much more to get to here today. So much more to get to here today. It's including some of those Nikki Haley sound cuts how how absurd is that uh, but uh, she's 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 in it she's she's going to stay in it because Donald Trump is at risk of dementia i got i got news for you nikki you're at risk for dementia everyone is at risk of dementia it's like saying you're at risk of getting cancer or heart disease or being shot by the way speaking of being shot they have made uh, they they've made two arrests of adult males in uh, in Kansas City. Uh, Dominic Miller of Kansas City and Lindell Mays of Raytown, Missouri have been arrested. These are these are the two adults that they, they still have the juveniles in uh, in custody. It, it looks like the uh, the juveniles pulled the guns first. That's sort of reading between the lines of the story in the Kansas City Star. And uh, Lindell Mays, after he was being threatened, came up with the equalizer, and he began firing, and then he was assisted by Mr. Dominic Miller from Kansas City. And Dominic Miller allegedly fired the fatal shot that killed the, uh, the, the uh, radio uh, Hispanic American woman. So we, we, don't, we still don't. I, I, think, I, I think it's safe to say that uh, Ann Coulter was onto something when she said they, they're not white males. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to guess that Lindell Mays and Dominic Miller are not white males. And as for the juveniles, I'm going to say ditto. All right, 844-500-4242. But don't call them thugs because that's racist. The mayor of Kansas City said that when the governor of Missouri called them thugs. Well, I, th- I, I don't think of, to me, thugs is a word like chiefs. It doesn't have a racial connotation. It just means a certain type of person. Time now for the chump line.
Hey, I used to have a ton of extra cash sitting around the house, too. That was 2019. <laughs> I, I like the fact that they say that, uh, you know, one thing the Democrats have to battle is Trump nostalgia. You know, I, I think there was a lot of uh, nostalgia back before the crash in 1929 for the good old days of uh, Calvin Coolidge, right? I mean, it's it, whenever there's a crash, the people have nostalgia for before they were broke and didn't have work or were overrun with illegal alien criminals. Howie, unlike Mr. Willis, who advised his daughter Fanny to always keep cash in the house, Joe Biden advised his son Hunter to never keep his hash or his stash in the house. I don't think he even did that. He did have it. Well, we still don't know where that cocaine came from. I think that I think he had a stash in the in the house in the White House. Myself. Global unrest is battering the food supply chain in the energy markets. It is incumbent upon you to be prepared. Get ready with ReadyWise. Go to ReadyWise.com and use code Howie20 to get 20% off your next purchase. <laughs> oh, man, Howie. Can you believe that Nikki Haley? <laughs> Twelve fellas down and one to go. <laughs> Where was she when I was in the White House? Who <laughs> would? You just can't get good help now, Mr. President. You know, I mean, she doesn't have anyone to, to think, of, think of what the stuff Monica Lewinsky would have written for you had, had she been, had there been Twitter in those days and had she been handling it for you instead of handling something else for you. Nikki Haley said the fact that she's not really in the race will not force her to drop out of the race. <laughs> Is, is it safe to describe Nikki Haley as embattled? Can we call her embattled yet? Or, but I think the, that caller may be right that, you know, embattled means that you have a chance. She's more, more like comatose, assuming room temperature style candidate. <coughs> Who does Bradley Weisenheimer think he is when he denies that Ben Hur openly, obviously, I'm not sure Joe even has half a mind left anymore. Can I get me a debit card here? <laughs> How about a debit card for your kid? They get, you know, they, they're already claiming they have all these kids so that they can get the so-called earned income tax credit. Some of them have 15, 20 kids, but those are people who actually like maybe they got like one tiny job where they work two hours a week or something so they can file an income tax form. Now, now you don't even have to pretend to have a job. You just go down and you say, hey, hey, amigos, give, give my son here, my son, $10,000 and my daughter and my dog and my cat, $10,000, mucho pesos, everything free in America. So Greenland is losing its ice. What a shame. And of course, mankind's global warming is to blame. 
This land was once green before cars were seen, which is just more proof that their religion is lame. Yeah. I think that was one of the first things most people noticed about the, the climate change. Green, the name of the country is Greenland, and it's covered in ice. So there has been climate change, apparently. You know, uh, they, you know, they're talking about they're not going to release the names of the juveniles because they're, uh, they're too young in Kansas City. But so, someone pointed out, you know, they, how about that little kid that uh, painted himself with the war paint? Remember that? They released his name. What was it they, that one of those hippie sports magazines that, that don't really exist? Deadspin or one of those? They, they re- that kid was an Indian, and they released his name and tried to destroy his life just because he had uh, put on some war paint. And he's a Chiefs fan and an Indian. And how about Kyle Rittenhouse? Kyle Rittenhouse shot... Two people that were trying to kill him. One of them was a pederast convicted of raping five little boys. The other one was had a record as long as his arm. And, uh, you know, he killed them in self-defense during the, uh, during the Black Lives Matter looting spree in Kenosha, Wisconsin. And they released his name, didn't they? But he's a white man, white boy. Nikki Haley is no quitter. Good for her. We need a president with profound wisdom and common sense, able to accurately assess the manifold and complex situations at hand. 30 points behind Donald Trump? Let's talk about being unhinged. She's getting all sorts of money from Democrats. I even think most of the rhinos are pulling out, except for the Wall Street Journal. The Wall Street Journal is still promoting her on the front page. Loving. Did you hear basketballer Charles Markley talking about San Francisco and the homeless crooks? I remember the first time I was confronted by a homeless-looking crook. He asked me to buy him a beer. Yep, that was the first time I met Ginger's car. (laughs) I never asked John Kerry to buy me a beer. It was the other way around, Mr. Secretary. And much to my eternal chagrin, I I just... uh, I, I bought a round because that's the way I was raised, unlike you, cheap bastard. Escape from New York doubles its pace from fiction to fact. I didn't catch that one, Taylor. Who, who was he referring to? Escape from New York doubles its pace from fiction to fact referencing the movie Escape from New York and how it's now... Oh, I see. I see. Okay. I gotcha. Yeah. I heard another one like that. Uh, Let's put put, uh, Orwell back in the fiction section. Good luck with that. It's become a uh, a, a, uh, a how-to guide for the uh, modern Democrat Party, 1984. I just want to know which country Nikki Haley thinks she's still in the running for the presidential nomination because it sure isn't this one. She doesn't care. As long as the money comes in, that's the important thing, you know? Apparently, the results don't matter. She's she's running as uh, the Trump derangement syndrome candidate of the uh, month. The month's almost over, though, so she's going to try to keep the uh, the grift going for into March Madness. That was your last chump line message. Thank you for calling Howie Carr, you chump. 
All right, that's it for the Trump line today. The Trump line is the recorded voicemail message service of the Howie Car Show. You can call and leave a message at uh, any time between 1 and 4 p.m. Eastern Time every weekday. The Trump line number, if you wish to leave such a message, 844-500-4242, 844-500-4242. Press 2 for the Trump line. Leave your message. We may or may not play it at this time each weekday. If you didn't hear your message or you just like to hear a second brand new chump line of the day, we have one. It's called Chop Chumps. It's where we put all the messages we didn't have room or time for just now. Chop Chumps is posted every evening, weekdays, about 7 p.m. Eastern time. You can get Chop Chumps wherever you get your Howie Car Show podcast. Global unrest is battering the food supply chain and the energy markets. It is incumbent upon you to be prepared. Get ready with ReadyWise. Go to ReadyWise.com and use code HOWIE20 to get 20% off your next purchase. <coughs> Who does Bradley Weisenheimer think he is when he denies that Ben Hur openly, obviously, and blatantly violated DOJ policy? I have half a mind, half a mind to call up his boss, Garlic Maryland, and have him fired. Yeah, you ought to put Ben Hur on the next chariot out of town, Mr. President. I'm Howie Carr. The Howie Carr Show. Check out the newest addition to our podcast lineup. Meet the experts. This week, I sit down with Bill Broussard of JB Auto Care to discuss the folly of electric vehicles and more. Available wherever you get your Howie Car Show podcasts and at HowieCarshow.com. Howie Car is back. Eight four four five hundred forty two forty two. I love my pillows products. I sleep with their pillows. I wear their slippers. I dry off with their towels. Now you can enjoy all of their products with great discounts by using the code Howie at mypillow.com. From pillows, towels, slippers, and even their Giza Dream Sheets, go to mypillow.com and use code Howie for amazing discounts. Taylor, what's the poll question? What are the results thus far? Today's poll question, which you can vote in at HowieCarshow.com, is does the Democrats' persecution of Trump bear at least some comparison to what Putin did to Navalny? No, not at all. Yes, it's the same damn thing. Or somewhat, but Trump hasn't been treated that badly yet. Somewhat, but Trump hasn't been treated that badly yet. 38% 38% say somewhat, 9% say no, 52% say same thing. All right, 844-500-4242. Harvard facing fresh anti-Semitism scandal as faculty group shares cartoon full of offensive tropes. This is amazing. I'm shocked, shocked. I know. <laughs> I know, we're all shocked. The Harvard Faculty and Staff for Justice in Palestine, okay, they posted a cartoon that showed a, a, a hand with a dollar sign inside a Star of David, meaning it's all about the Benjamins, as, uh, as uh, Ilhan Omar would say, holding nooses around what appear to be Muhammad Ali and former Egyptian President 
Gamal Abdul Nasser. So a star, uh, a, a hand with a dollar sign inside a star of David holding nooses around what appears to be Muhammad Ali and former President uh, Gamal Nasser. And uh, the groups, the faculty group said they shared the poster, which is originally from 1967 when Nasser was the president of Egypt and, and Muhammad Ali, I, I think he'd been stripped of his title at that point for draft dodging to show how African people have a profound understanding of apartheid and occupation. Uh, so th this, again, a faculty group did this at Harvard. Rabbi David Wolpe, Wolpe, a Harvard Divinity School scholar who resigned from the school's anti-Semitism advisory committee in, uh, in uh, December amongst uh, all the crystal-knocked observances, pretty much under Claudine Gay, the oppressed Haitian-American president then of Harvard, also a serial plagiarist. She, he said, uh, the rabbi said, the cartoon is despicably and arguably anti-Semitic. Is there no limit? A, another D Jewish divinity school student who's suing the university for discrimination also shared uh, outrage at the... Uh, offensive poster being reshared. Harvard faculty just posted an explicitly anti-Semitic poster depicting a Jewish hand controlling the black mind. With professors like this, it's easy to see why Jewish students don't feel safe in class. So you, classic Harvard weaseling. Listen to what the faculty group said. It has come to our attention it, is, it came to their attention that they posted uh, something that could have come out of the uh, protocols of the elders of Zion. It has come to our attention that a post featuring antiquated cartoons which used offensive tropes was linked to our account. Oh, it, you know it was those time-traveling hackers, the same, the same people that hit Joy Reid, the same people that hit all of those, all of those Twitter accounts whenever there's an embarrassment. I was hacked. We removed the content as soon as it came to our attention, said the pointy-headed intellectuals, what can't park a bicycle straight. We apologize, the eggheads continued, for the hurt these images have caused and do not condone them in any way. Why did you put them up there if you don't condone them? <laughs> Who did it? Who did it? 844 We'll be right back with your calls in just a moment. Harvard engaging in anti-Semitism. Stop me if you've heard this one before. I'm Howard Garth. Live from the Matthews Brothers Studios. 844-500-4242. It wasn't the time-traveling hackers that uh, got the Harvard faculty group and put in the anti-Semitic uh, tropes. It was the Russian hackers, says 339-860. It is all about the Benjamins. Netanyahu, that is. Oh, they hate they hate Netanyahu. He's the, he's the bad guy. Pelosi, Pelosi and Biden. 
Netanyahu's only seventy-five. You know, he's not a he's he's not an elder statesman like uh, like Biden and Pelosi and Clyburn and the rest of them. Eight four four five hundred forty-two forty-two. John from New York, you're next with Howie Carr. Go ahead, John. Howie, I listened to an interview this weekend uh, describing Stephanie Kelton. You've probably heard of her. She's the uh, alleged professor at SUNY Stony Brook that cooked up this modern monetary theory. Yeah. So she's the one, along with a guy named Warren Mosler, who I had never heard of before, but you probably are familiar. He ran for the Senate in Connecticut years ago. He's kind of like the Marianne Williamson of monetary policy. Does he have a crystal ball? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, but Kel- Kelton was at his house when he had younger kids. The guy lives in the Virgin Islands now. You should Google him just to see what kind of a kook we're dealing with. But anyway, Kelton was at his house, and his kids were coming by doing chores, and he would hand them a business card. And she said, what's that for? And he said, well, I give them the business cards, and whenever they do chores, they get a business card, and then I redeem them for money at some point in the future. And she goes, well, that's kind of fabulous because you can print all the business cards you want, and there's no repercussions. He said exactly, and that was, believe it or not, how they come up with this kooky theory that you could print money um, endlessly. And, you know, the serfs, I guess, being his kids, not knew, knew, they didn't know any better, so uh, they essentially took it. Of course, it doesn't work in a real economy where people eventually figure out they're getting screwed, but that was the uh, uptick of how this whole thing started. Well, so... Did you see this story in the New York Post about uh, about how they're going to give uh, illegal aliens uh, debit cards with $10,000 that they can spend anywhere they want, including at ATMs around the world? Yeah, I was trying to figure out what the bigger grift today was, that or the U.S. senators lining up to shake hands with Zelensky to get one more kickback before they run out of money. <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> Might be a poll question, Allie. <laughs> you know... This whole thing, though, uh, I mean, they're, they're just printing money. And then they're saying the, the economy's great because all this money is in circulation. And, and you know, it's like, I don't, is Wall Street's not even buying this grift anymore, are they? Even though the, the, the values keep going up and up and up, they, they kind of understand that uh, there's, a, uh, there's an end in sight. What goes up must come down, don't they? Absolutely. And the only reason we really rallied the last couple months, really, as I described, the 10-year Treasury was about 5% in October. And then Powell came out with his rain dance and said, well, we're going to lower rates. And then the 10-year Treasury fell from 5 to like 380. Well, it's back up to 430. And if the inflation continues, like Larry Summers said, they're going to be forced to raise rates again. So this whole thing could come unwound quickly. And you look at the individual companies when they miss earnings, like tonight, Palo Alto Networks come out. I don't know what happened. They they said they're going forward, their business is you know, slowing down. The stock was at 366 on the close, it's 290, it's down $75. So all you need is a couple bad quarters with rates higher and this thing could come unwound. But right now the party's going on because the money's flowing into the system. The Wall Street Journal did a story, you probably saw it Friday on the front page, and, and you know anybody that's out there can get it and look at it. And they taught, it, it, the headline was deceiving. It said, migrant, uh, migrant you know, in, inflow adds to GDP. But then when you read the article on page A2, the CBO did a study, and it, it, it showed two things. Real wages fall. And the other thing that's real important, if you want to measure sort of the standard of living, you were talking about your kids earlier, 
yeah. GDP per capita, so per person. The CBO did a study, and basically, as a result of the immigration, GDP per capita actually falls about 1%, um, you know, with all the illegal immigration. And it makes sense because the lower paid workers, first of all, they can't add as much value because a lot of the stuff we do today is automated. You know, you got to use right. computers. Right, you don't, you don't have a, a need for the kind of unskilled workers that you needed, the people that got uh, quarantined at, at Ellis Island for six months till they found out they 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 didn't have infectious diseases. You don't need people like that anymore. No, you don't need people. We need people in healthcare. We need people in information technology. We need people that know how to operate nuclear power plants. It's just a different economy. So it has nothing to do with whether you like immigrants or love immigrants. There's two simple rules. We don't need those type of people. We need skilled labor. The second thing is when our forefathers came here and you know, my, mine came from Ireland, there was no welfare program. You, right. You, and we have saying in the business, you eat what you kill, you know, and, and that's, that was a system, right? It didn't matter if you came in sixth grade, whatever. A lot of my ancestors went to work when they were in sixth grade, eighth grade, they produced for the family and that was it. So you just can't run a system where you have welfare and open borders because you'll get a predictable result. You'll get more people seeking free stuff. And eventually the the, uh, economy will go bankrupt. The only difference now is a lot of my friends keep saying, aren't we going to have a crisis? Aren't we going to have a crisis? Yeah, we could have a crisis, but more than likely the the end result of what politicians do is they print more money. So it'll be a slow decay over time with higher inflation. Yeah, but it always comes to a bad end. Like the Weimar Republic, Zimbabwe, Argentina under uh, Perón. I mean, it's it always comes to a bad end when you print money. Well, it could. It, it will come to a bad end. My only point is, if you look at what happened in Japan, right, what happens is you raise the cost of living. Then the population, meaning our younger, you know, my daughters and stuff like that, they're not going to be able to get married and reproduce. So what happens is the population ages. There's a couple of ways you could have it. You could have a financial crisis where the whole thing collapses. And that's, you know, definitely a possibility. But but my bet is it's going to be more like Japan where the population growth slows down because everything's so expensive and you, it takes a time for it to implode, basically. But you have the illegal aliens coming in. They're getting subsidized to have more kids, and they're not working. So they're producing more kids that aren't going to be working, and they're going to be fewer of our kids because they can't afford to have kids who are going to be supporting more and more of the illegal aliens and their offspring who don't work. Yeah, so we'll be like Argentina, a third-world country where you have elites, and then 99% of the population is poor. Yeah. That's that's the that de- that's bet. the textbook definition of the third world. Uh, yeah, third world hell is a good description. I wish I had something uh, better to say, but I mean that's that's where I see the game plan. I just see it taken as opposed to an immediate like '08 financial crash type situation. More likely, it's like the '70s, '80s, uh, where the inflation just gradually eats away at the standard of living for most people, and the poorest people in our society can't really make it up because they don't really have assets. And uh, I saw a stat today that in 1980, 85, whatever, the average, the median age of a household, uh, first house, maybe it was average house, house purchase, I forget what the, the stat was, but the person was 31. Today, the median age for a house purchase is 49. 49? Yeah. You're kidding. Not the first time. No, no. 
Wow. No, I didn't I, check the stat to see if it was that good, but it, it definitely has risen. So I don't know if that was all purchases put together or the first purchase. I think it was all purchases. But the point being is it, it's definitely risen um, from, you know, if you go back, say, in the 80s when I bought well, it's my like, first It's house. like marriages. People yeah. can't afford to get married anymore. People used to get married when they were in their early 20s or even their teens. That doesn't happen right. anymore. that's right. Right, exactly. So, uh, you know, I mean, and and then you wind up in a Japan situation where your population growth just goes away. Right. So, anyway, I think that's probably the way it happens versus some sort of financial crash. But who knows? Nothing, anything's possible in this world. Here's a, a text question from Vermont. Uh, with Global Foundries, one of the largest employers in Vermont, getting $1.5 billion federal grant, does, does he see them catching up with the rest of the semiconductor sector on Wall Street? Uh, yeah, it's good news. I mean, it's one of the smart things they did, actually, because chips are really uh, – chips are like the oil of the uh, 2200s, if you will. Without chips, you can shut the economy down. We saw that during the pandemic. So I, I'm not usually for government investment. But in this case, the economics really don't work for the chip companies unless the government subsidizes them, at least to build the plant, right? Once you run the operations, it's a different story. So, you know, we were really vulnerable. If China were to cut us off, they could basically shut our economy down. So I think this is one area where it makes uh, the amount of money they're putting in is very little. And um, it secures the uh, the future because without chips, every chips are in every – I mean, chips are in your toaster even. I mean, so – you sort of have to have chips, and, and we're, we're pretty dependent. I think 80 or 90 percent of our chips really come from China right now. And if they decide they want to cut or us Taiwan, off. Taiwan, right? A lot of them come or, from Taiwan. Well, yeah, exactly. And, you know, Taiwan, the, uh, the, exactly. the Chinese are circling around uh, Taiwan like vultures or buzzards, you know, because of all the, uh, the weakness of the, uh, of, of the United States in general, not just the military, but just overall the society is falling apart. Yeah, we we could really be in dire straits. So I think the plan with the chip thing, to answer the person's question, is I think within five to ten years with this investment, we can become fairly self-sufficient on chips. So I think it's a good deal for Vermont. It's a good deal for the United States. All right, John. Wish you had better news, but I understand. It's a, <laughs> it's a bleak period, unless you're an illegal alien in New York, in which case— The day's all— yeah, the day's always darkest before the dawn, though. <laughs> Let the good times roll if you're an illegal alien in New York City. All right, thanks, John. 844-500-4242-781. When my father came to America, he got sent back because he couldn't find a job. He also had to have a sponsor. All these entry-level jobs were jobs teenagers took before moving up the job ladder. What happens to them? I know. I, I, I understand that. You know, I had my first job as a dishwasher, and I, and I moved up. Where do where do American kids go now to get their first jobs? I I I don't know the answer to that question. Eight four four five hundred forty two forty two. We'll be right back. I'm Howie Carr. The Howie Carr Show. We'll be right back. He's Howie Carr. 844-500-4242. Arthur, you're next with Howie Carr. Go ahead, Arthur. Thank you, Howie. 
I do a lot of driving because of my job in urban, suburban areas. And something's been bothering me for the last 15 years. I have no malice towards anybody. Every place I go, they have flags hanging from their mirrors. Brazil, Venezuela, Ecuador, El Salvador, right. Mexico, Puerto Rico, Haiti, you name it. It's like they, they, I've never seen a little American flag in somebody that feels they're thankful that they left the hellhole that they were born in. Right. I how about, Arthur, how about when they're approaching the borders and somebody's holding a, holding a, a big flag on a pole like they're an invading yeah. army? Yeah, Howie. I even Which go is to what Chinatown. they are. No, just no disrespect to Chinese people. I see flags hanging from the mirrors. A lot of people don't even speak English. They don't want to learn. They, all they're here for is what they can put in their pocket. I hate to say that. All right, but that's that's all they're here for. What can I get for free? I agree. I'm sorry. And, I, I'm sorry. I think like that. And as far I, no, as I think I think the live- same. I think the same way, Arthur. I mean, I'm so I'm old enough. I can remember when there was a draft. And when you were in the country as a foreign male on a visa or whatever, you had to go down to the local draft board and register for the draft. And I'm old enough to remember, too, you had to have a sponsor when you came in. The sponsor had to sign an affidavit saying you wouldn't become a ward of the state. You had to go down to the police station every six months and give a good account of yourself and say that you weren't getting into trouble. And you could be thrown out of the country at the, at the, at the drop of a hat. And this, this, this is the system we got to go back to. You, you, we have to get control of this. I mean, do you think these, these uh, illegal aliens in uh, Chicago that uh, strangled a guy on the, uh, uh, on the uh, subway on Saturday, you think they're, you think they're worried? You think those, uh, those those thugs that beat up the cops in, in Times Square are worried? Of course they're not. They're, they're, they, know, they know nothing's going to happen to them because Democrats, 844-500-4242. Uh, George, you're next with Howie Carr. Go ahead, George. Hi, Howie. How are you? Good. Okay, good to hear. I was just um, talking about Nikki Haley and why she's not backing out of the race, and who is backing her. Well, Vivek Ramaswamy, when he was debating her, mentioned who it actually was. When he said, you're bought and paid for, he said, you're backed by BlackRock. Right. And he also said she was going for uh, board seats on, like, Raytheon and uh, the big yeah, defense yeah. contractors. That's why that's why she wants to keep Ukraine going. You know, it's it's big money for the military industrial complex. She's the she's the military industrial complex uh candidate now on the uh on the Republican side. Yeah, 2.0 like I said, yeah. I just wondered about that. And I wondered about the economy because back in the day when I was going to college, we took economics. And we looked at some of these other countries that were taken over by other countries and what they would do was they would bankrupt the country and they would bankrupt the country by the same way they're doing it to us right now. And then they would do infrastructure and they would take out so many loans that it would bankrupt the country and then come in and seize it with the U.N. So I'm looking at that and I was looking at studying into the treaties that were signed by the Clintons and the Obamas and the Bushes 
uh, with the U.N., you should look into some of that. Because if we do wind up in an anarchy situation, then we'll have an invading army coming in the U.N. to settle things down. And when they said yeah, I don't think that's down, I think you're getting into uh, some real conspiracy stuff here. I don't think the U- the UN uh, the the UN has no has no ultimate power. The only power they have is uh, the fact that uh, they get money from the uh, the US government more from the Democrats than the uh, the Republicans. The UN the UN is the ones uh, there that's their relief organization that uh, funds Hamas in Gaza. And we want to give uh, we want to give the UN more money, we want to give Hamas more money. And at the same time, we're uh, arming Israel, which we should be arming, in my opinion. But we're 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 backing both sides. It's like it's like Ukraine, Russia. You know, all of our economic sanctions and policies are producing more money for Russia to use against Ukraine, and they want to give sixty billion dollars to Ukraine. So that, as John said, so that they can get one final payoff from the uh, all the uh, establishment senators. Steve, you're next with Howie Carr. I haven't got much time, Steve. Go ahead. Yeah, hi, Howie. I was like you when I was in high school. I'm probably your age. I met you a few times. Yeah. Your uh, difference. I I always wanted to work part time. I was a busboy and dishwasher when I was 14. Yeah. Everybody that I grew up around over in Watertown, we all wanted to have our own car and we wanted to be independent. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I don't. I don't see. I know where you're going with this, Steve. We're running out of time. You don't see that so much anymore, do you? They just they don't mind just hanging around the house until they're like 30, 40 years old. I'm Howie Carr.